Hey, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode. And uh, we are going to be here. Uh, it's me on uh, my way. I'm Mike McClinton. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, of course, with, with my friend, my pal, my comrade, my my compadre. Jonathan um, Moody. <laughs> and uh, today we're doing a personal favorite of mine, one from the Hatchet series, Victor Crowley. <laughs> Ooh, Victor Crowley. Uh, I do want to preface by saying this is horror film lovers, the yeah, podcast. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yes, horror film lovers. Yeah, sorry. No, it's I got, okay. I kind of threw you for a loop because I think you didn't realize you were supposed to uh, do it. You know, you're you're <laughs> running it. Yeah, I was waiting for you to do the intro. You're like, go on. Like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I was like waiting, and I thought you knew, and then I was like, oh shit, he doesn't. So there you go. Well, continue, sir. Oh, well, this one is a nice. In my opinion, was a great love letter to all those great '80s slashers. Like Friday the Thirteenth, The Burning, Halloween, uh, and the best part was it was a modern day one. And uh, what I love most about the series is all the fun mixture of like the humor and all of them, with the just over the top grotesque kills. I mean, you know, they're just ones that you're not going to forget very easily. Like these are ones that you'll be like, "Yep," like you'll go back and just to watch the kills again for that replay value alone. Not even despite the fact that the films themselves are actually quite hysterical and quite fun. Yeah. That's the one thing I love about the hatchet series is it's, it's humor in it. You know, it's not just boring characters who like, you know, like, cause you see a lot of movies where uh, most of it's drama, you know, for horror, you know, Mm -hmm. horror films, like it's, Oh man, I just got pregnant and now I've got to tell the guy that, you know, right before, and they have no idea that they're all going to die. So it doesn't even matter. All this, <laughs> you know, like conversation. Like, um, I think it even this movie had that. Yeah, it had that. Yeah, it and I'm just like, the problem I have with that, and I'm going to say this, is that um, it, it's supposed to be that you care about the character. So. You know, there's a character that is pregnant, and we find that out. Um, but it doesn't really matter because nobody, because she's stuck in a spot where she can't get out and everything, right? So I guess mm-hmm. that's the thing is like she's trapped, and that that sucks. But what I uh, what I would love to see more in horror films is if you're gonna bring up something as dramatic as, oh man, I'm about to have a baby, and now you know then that person does everything they can to get that person out of this situation, including, you know, saving them from being murdered by the killer, you know? Yeah. I mean, they were put in a rough spot. I mean, it was like, you know, get out of the plane. We're all going to get butchered alive. Uh, You know, stay on the plane. We have all that much more weight on the plane. And now like, you know, we're going to drown her even uh, quicker and stuff. I mean, and, um, yeah, a lot of them had that likability level. Although uh, a couple of them did have a little bit of likability to them, though. I mean, uh, I think Dave a she- bunch of them had like. I think I liked almost almost everybody in this movie. I mean, I liked the actors who played all of them. You know, every actor in the movie, but all the characters, some of them were a little little least likable, you know, than others. Oh yeah, no, I mean, you had know, ones like uh, Dave Sheridan's character, uh, you know, who. Uh, you know, whereas that one is like, oh, I hope nothing bad happens to him. I mean, he's just that one like he's just he's just too uh, gullible and nice uh, <laughs> to, to be killed. Well, let's go. Let's go in the beginning of like uh, the story. Let's talk about oh, the story good. for it real quick. Oh, um, 
Yeah, so take us in the beginning. What happens in the beginning of the movie? Well, in the very beginning, we are actually uh, introduced to like a little uh, a montage, like a little uh, flashback, if you will, of like one of the earlier killings of Victor Crawley. Um, it was definitely uh, it it was it was definitely a grotesque one, but not for what you would expect for you to get grotesque about, though, either. Uh, Once again, it sets up for like a potential marriage, which is kind of it was funny. It had some humor to it, right? Like, oh. uh, I mean, anytime you put Jonah Ray in a scene with anybody and um, and that actress, uh, I, I don't remember her name, but she was really funny. Um, like she was crying because she knew what he, he was going to propose to her, <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it just kind of the only problem I have with that is it just kind of went on, you know, a little too long, in my opinion. What do you think? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think part of it was they were just trying to grab that little bit of that, like fumbling around essence and stuff, you know, to get around to uh, uh, get into the point. I mean, heck, I remember when I did it for my wife and everything. I took her up to like this little hill, like you know, it's a pretty good steep one, about a good fifty, sixty feet up. Uh, uh, and by the time we got up there, I realized that the ring slipped somewhere out of my pocket. Uh, oh dang. But- and it was fall. It was in a red box, and there was nothing but these red and yellowish. Oh meat. God! Yeah, yeah. You never I, found it. I. You know what? Surprisingly, I. I can honestly say, I think it took me about maybe ten minutes to find it, and I found it. And uh, okay, good. Yeah, I know. Thank God. I mean, then uh, and then running back up, all catch out, out breath, and then trying to get her to do a slow dance with me while I'm catching my breath. Uh, it wasn't my finest moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it never really is because it's not what you like. You have this grandstand idea of what, what things are gonna, how things are gonna go, and then maybe that was what the scene was about. Like, you know, in a way, like, you know, he had this great idea. He was gonna. I mean, I don't know though. Who, who proposes to somebody in a swamp? That's not really the most romantic. I don't know. To me, um, you're hill. Just- you're hill because you know what I was thinking. If she said no, you could just push her down the hill. Yeah, like fine, go go swim, uh, swim with the gators. You're just right. as- they are. <laughs> Here you go. Well, I'm gonna leave you if you say no. But uh, no, they were both madly in love with each other, and uh, she said yes, and she got really excited. And then, of course, they hear "Daddy," mm-hmm. our famous hatchet call, basically. You know. Yep. And like and just like two idiot cliches, they all say, "Hey, we should go check out that sound." He, he was like, "Somebody could be hurt," and I'm like, "That doesn't sound like somebody's hurt," yeah. you know. And plus, it sounds like a grown man saying "daddy." It does yeah. not sound like a child saying "daddy." That's yeah. creepier. And it didn't sound happy or pleasant either. It was the one that's like, you know what? That's not my business, and I'm not going to make it. <laughs> business <laughs> I, like i swear to god if i heard a, a, a bellow of somebody saying Daddy. probably like yeah time to go yeah like, and he's not talking to me i should just leave <laughs> yeah i'm not daddy you know um yeah so let me let me get the fuck out of here so they don't they go to go check and see if this person is hurt and of course they get you know Attacked by Victor Crowley. 
They, they, they become the uh, cliche opening kill scene like you get for all these good classic uh, films. You always start it off with, with a good kill or two. Or three. Yeah, or three. Why not? As many as you can put in the first kill. Uh, and in the case of Ghost Ship, how many do we have in that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a whole breathful of them on that one. <laughs> that was that that was a one or two. That was that was a few opening kills. That was awesome. Um this this one had uh, you know, and once again, I think people like Jonah Ray, who is he was on uh was it the new Mystery Science Theater three thousand, he's been a bunch of different stuff. He, um, you know, uh, I don't, are they still doing the, I heard they were bringing it back or trying to bring it back again, um, uh, for the, but just like with, uh, maybe a new crew or something. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, I haven't heard about that one, but I'd definitely be getting to watch it. I, did you watch the new one with Jonah Uh, Ray? Oh no, I watched the old series. Okay. So there is a new series with Jonah Ray that's on Netflix. But it it isn't I mean, it's hard to beat those real robot, you know, the 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 people, you know, from you know what I mean? Like it's hard to do that again without having the original people involved, you know? It's just not the same. Yeah, it's trying lightning in a bottle twice. Mm. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Some people can. I mean, remakes happen all the time. And some remakes are just as good, if not better, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Jonah Ray and uh, his w- new wife or new fiance die um, from the hands of Victor Crowley, and um, I don't even remember how they died. Oh, um, why uh, the dude? Uh, I believe it was something like he had something ran through the back of his head that popped his whole, uh, whole eye. Oh, out. that's right! Holy shit! I remember that. That was great because she, he was just all of a sudden behind him and just went, you know. Yeah, yeah. because he realizes behind him he's getting ready, and that's when he goes, "Oh shit!" And bow. Yeah. That, the, that would have been cool if it was three D and the eyeball was. Oh yeah, I actually just watched a Friday Thirteenth Part uh, Three in three D recently. Uh, Didn't the after- eyeball come out at you or something? Oh yes, it did. That one, uh, the harpoon scene, still is one of the best ones in the bunch. That thing really shoots out far at you. <laughs> is that on 4K? Do you know? Uh, it pro it might be. I mean, if anyone uh, would probably have it uh, or did it, it'd probably be a shell factory, I would imagine. Something like that, yeah. Um, or Param- Paramount's been putting them out, I think, actually, because you know a lot of these companies. So you know, I I do a show called Blu-ray Hunter and stuff, and I learn about a lot of things about. Blu-rays and 4Ks and different things. And one of the things that I, I've learned is that a lot of these boutique labels like Screen Factory, Shout Factory, all that, um, Vinegar Syndrome, all these great companies, um, they they get basically, generally they get, unless it's Screen Factory, Screen Factory gets real, like, good, legit films like The Fog or Child's Play or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um other companies don't get that as much and but a lot of these um a lot of the studios don't want to give those movies up like who wants to give Friday the 13th up to another company where they're they're going to get all the majority of the money when you can just release it yourself you know yeah. 
unless they didn't think they would sell well or something like some movies don't you know like a lot of trauma stuff goes to vinegar syndrome you know and everything that's great um anyway uh so yeah the eyeball what did that what happened to the girl what happened with the girl i forgot Oh, uh, first she had her uh, uh, fingers cut off. Ironically, the handset of where her yeah. engagement ring went, um, and then she fell to the ground. And then um, he actually stepped on her, and he uh, chopped off like uh, he pretty much uh, like uh, drawing quarter by like chopping off all four of her limbs, and then yanking out uh, out of the sockets after he chopped them up. Yep, that was crazy. So uh, after that. Uh, we come back to, I guess, present time. You yeah, know, I, I think it's something like they. I, I think they said it was something like six years, uh, like uh, after the events of uh, Hatchet Three, uh, where like uh, uh, Perry Shen is the lone survivor. He was uh, apparently put on trial uh, for all the murders, which is already comical in itself because you know when you think of Hatchet One, Two, and Three, all those events happened within a span of like about two and a half days. Uh, those three films, like you know, it's like they it's a one continuously long story, and you think of all the people that, like you know, like you had a militia army in there, and you're going to tell me that this little Barry Shin guy you think is the guy who took out all those like armed like uh, militia guys from like part three, or like just that whole like giant gangwin of of like um of 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 like all the uh, locals uh like you know from the area and stuff out out hunting them you're gonna try to tell me that this little guy was able to outwit and out kill all those people right and we forgot to mention Tyler Maine comes in for a little cameo in that uh scene with the the two people right so oh, he yeah. comes in and he's like hey you know you're not supposed to be you know whatever right and then all of a sudden he you know he gets killed and. It's just insane that to think like, oh man, there was there's Tyler Maine who played fucking Michael Myers for mm -hmm. like one second of a scene before he was killed. Uh, like I was thinking he should have been, you know, in it longer or something because like I what I loved about uh, the Hatchet movies is each one they had a uh, you know had a icon go up against them at some point, right? So, like, oh, yeah. in part two, I think Tony Todd goes up against him. Oh, not only just Tony Todd, but also uh, R.A. Mikoff, who was R. Leatherface. Leatherface. So, we got Candyman and Leatherface in part two. Who was the big one in part three? I know Zach Galligan was in part three. Yep. Um, yep. From um, Oh, but to do you one better, uh, the opening kill scene uh, for the very first Hatchet movie was Robert England. Yeah, but it was kind of a bummer when you think about it because he really you don't even I don't even think you see him get killed, right? You just see him well, dead. Well, yeah, you, you you do see him dead and all tore up and stuff, and like in the shed later on. Um, yeah, well, our daughter finds him, but yeah, well, well, he was also one of the kills uh, a kid as well. So he did get kill Freddy uh, as well. Yeah, he killed Freddy, but like I, it would have been cool to see. You know, uh, Crowley versus Freddy, you know, and it, without it being Freddy, you know, like, um, I mean, I know technically because because in Freddy versus Jason, Freddy is this tiny, tiny man and Jason is this big force of nature. Um, and, um, uh, you know, 
but he's got the power of the dream stuff. He could do whatever he wants, but he's in the dream world. He's not in the dream world. He can't, you know, it, it's harder for, you know, he's, he's going to be killed by Jason, you know? So in this, he can't really, can't really do the dream stuff because he's not Freddy. He's another character. He's like some redneck guy in that, in the swamp, you know, or whatever with his son, uh, played by Josh Leonard, J- Josh, Joshua Leonard, I think from, um, uh, Blair Witch, you know? So it had a Blair Witch person and Freddy together, like, that was the cool thing about Hatchet is they you brought in all the people from movies you've seen and they're all fighting Victor Crowley, you know, or whatever in some way. That's and, pretty uh, neat. And he also, uh, and he also uh, kills uh, Derek Mears in uh, part three, uh, which uh, he was uh, Jason in the uh, in the reboot. That's right. And in part three, Sid Haig's in it. Yep, that is also true. Yeah. Just looking at this going, oh uh, shit. And, uh, also uh Caroline Williams uh from Texas Chainsaw Massacre two and Leprechaun three. <laughs> and of course we uh in the second and third, you know, and a little bit of the fourth, we've got Danielle Harris, you know, who you know, uh Michael Myers is uh well, I, I don't really know because the thing keeps changing and everything. So who <laughs> who knows what you're gonna call it, you know, this this time, you know, it's uh, in in one multiverse or uh, universe of uh, of uh, Halloween, she was uh, the niece of Michael Myers. You know, um, later she was just completely taken out. You know, and then then she was the uh, she was another girl in uh, fighting Michael Myers. Uh, she was uh, was it Nancy um, in uh, in the Halloween remake with Rob Zombie. Yes, no, she was in there too. Yeah, so it was nuts. So it was it was cool to see these uh these icons fighting a new icon, you know. Oh, I agree. I mean, he's one of those ones that I really feel like uh, should get a long stretch because you got some good new faces popping up now, uh, for the horror genre. You know, not that I wouldn't still love to see a good new uh Friday Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street or Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, but I'm also I'm I'm very open and, and game to see some new ones come on the forefront. And I think that's the reason why I like the Hatchet series uh, so much is I felt like you know uh, one above all uh, Hatchet is in, in the Victor Crawley character. I feel like is a is actually Kane Hodder's really first official horror icon character. I mean, yeah, you can make the argument of uh, Jason, but it's like yeah, but Jason was played by so many people over so many films that's it you know uh, you know it's not like like freddy like in uh, uh, robert engling where like you know the entire series was him or even brad dorf for, uh, voicing chucky in the entire series and stuff you know well uh, until until they did a remake of it where mark hamill is the the voice of chucky which i don't even think was it called chucky or something i don't even think it was called chucky i think they had a different name for him because it was just called child's play, but it wasn't, you know, um, wasn't the same story. Well, they at least uh, did the TV series, uh, at least uh, after that. Just mm-hmm. so, don't worry, guys, we're connecting the universe still. We're still over here doing it. And that was actually the only one that in that series that wasn't done by the same director for the whole entire rest of the series, uh, Don uh, Mancini. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so he, but he did create the TV series, right? Oh yeah, the series, uh, the movies, it was all him. Yeah, so there you go. Um, and so the uh, here, here is Victor. Like I agree, because like Victor Crowley is Kane Hodder's first like franchise, where he is the character. Nobody else has taken over for him. Nobody else is going to probably for like I think if uh the one day that uh that Kane Hodder like retires from acting and says I just can't do this anymore I can't play Victor Crowley they're just gonna retire Victor you know they're just gonna not let anybody else because in my and and they should because in my mind if you let somebody else take it over it's just not gonna be the same. Okay. Well, and given the one who uh, writes and uh, who writes those stories and, and directs them, uh, uh, you know, uh, Adam Green, I wouldn't be surprised uh, with him. I mean, you can just tell by watching his, uh, po- well, you know, his uh, scary sleepovers uh, to how he is, like, you know, to uh, do his TV shows, and I know that I've, like, you know, like, you know I have a hatchet poster upstairs that. Has I think I think I had something like twenty uh, autographs from all different people who have been in the films. Uh, do you have Holliston? Do you have the TV show Holliston? Oh, I do. I love I love the series, uh, uh, and I even had the Christmas special too, <laughs> which was so great because so I need a I need to buy uh, the Holliston series on Blu-ray. I know there but there's two seasons and uh, both are on Blu-ray, so I'm gonna I'm gonna buy. I think uh, tomorrow night or so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna purchase uh, um, purchase it. It's like ten bucks on eBay, so I'm like it's used or whatever. But I'm like it's okay, you know. I don't I don't need a brand new, you know what I mean? Like version of it. Um, but I'm gonna <laughs> buy that just because it's a classic. Yep. Oh, and, and uh, yeah, I agree. It's a classic. Uh, and and uh, House is a perfect example. Like, you know, when you go back and see that series, you know, look at how many people from that series were in his movies. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why I agree with you about Kane Hodder. I don't see Adam Green saying, oh, you can't do anymore. That's fine. I'm just going to replace you for someone else. Adam, I, I would just see him be more of that person. Like, oh, you can't do anymore. All right. Well, then, you know, I see him as being the one guy that goes. Uh, you can't do much. Just do one more. We'll have the final hatchet movie, yep. you know, because even though and spoilers, if you haven't seen this movie, I don't know, you know, why you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't go watch it on Tubi, it's free on Tubi. Um, the, even though they push him into the thing, he, he's just going to come back. He's basically a ghost. He's not, you know, he's not a human, you know, being he's, he's the ghost. If somebody can just do that you know, chant again or whatever to resurrect him, you know, like the little, like, I, I love the line where the girl who plays like Sabrina or whatever <laughs> says, oh, yeah. you know, she says, uh, you know, you're, uh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> she says like, Oh, you two brought back Victor Crowley. Yeah. Whatever. Like, like, can you listen to yourself? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's kind of funny. Like it, YouTube brought back Victor Crowley. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, and the kills in that were all so fun and inventive, uh, too and stuff. And I, I just saw all those great throwbacks. He was like, it was like, well, he might like you know have like you know like uh, go like well he can't get in the plane. It was like, well, he may have a 
high end power sander. Like, yeah. how, how do we have a high power sander? It's like, well, one guy left here when I was here last time. Well, pushes over after six years, it doesn't work anymore. And sure enough, it sucker starts right up. Yeah, of course. You know, um, they, I do love the throwback that we get to see the Victor Crowley house again, you mm. know, and stuff for, uh, basically the shed or whatever, like the, you know, the coincide and, and stuff. And he, um, and it, it, you know, it would be really funny if they had the budget to do this, this would be great. If they had like a, uh, you know, somebody maybe cause every, the whole, there's a big joke about the fact that there's like twins that Perry Shim plays, right? He plays oh. each character is like, the twin of, you know, a character that has died in the previous movie. So one point it was like Justin and one point it was like, and you know what I mean? And so this newest one, was it Andrew or was it? Uh, yeah, it was Andrew was uh, new one who, uh, I, I just wasn't related, but I saw how miraculously it has the same DNA as they do. Right. Because that's what they were saying stuff about the DNA. And he was like, I'm not sure how the DNA worked, but. <laughs> you know, um. So, yeah. So the DNA. So like all of them are. Uh, I'm. I, I think they're all twins, right? Because the first one point in Satcher two, he's looking for his twin brother, who went out there. So I'm guessing each one was a twin. Yeah, and they both got killed and stuff. And then the one we see in, in Victor Crawl is the one that was Hatchet three, the one who was a part of the rescue, uh, EMS uh, team and stuff. Um. Yeah. And- able to uh, escape only to be accused for being the ones who are for doing all the murders I would say it was just like when you see the size of everyone else who's been there and how fully low they were and, like, and you think this little EMS guy on a boat like is uh, is the killer uh huh yeah did all of those grotesque disgusting murders you know um, I doubt it especially when they're much taller like Got like Derek Mears or whatever, you know, and people like that, you know. I, I, I don't buy it um either. But you know, that's what was said. Um we haven't like, mentioned Felissa Rose, who you worked with, you know, a few times, I think. Uh, her and uh, Dave Sheridan both actually. Yeah, they were both in Bloody uh Summer Camp. Oh when yeah. You were, when you were there on Bloody Summer Camp with them, were you asking them lots of Victor Crowley stories? Oh, I did, and not only uh, that. Like uh, uh, Jamie, actually, my my wife, I uh, told told Melissa like one of her favorite lines uh, from it was when she pulled out the stickies and it was like at the at the sign going, oh one, two, oh this is a big one, three. Uh, like, and oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dicks, the the, the yeah. yeah. That was like, a great line. Oh uh, yeah, and our one and our guy, our, our guy was our cook. Uh, Christian was going around just getting the character and stuff, and then she was like, "It's like, oh my god, he's being such a dick." Hey, Jamie, Jamie, look, that's gonna be one, two, <laughs> three, four. Oh, this is a big one. He's a real big one. He's five. <laughs> so nice. That one up. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I, I I love Felicia. She's got such a great sense of humor. Oh, she really does. She is. Uh, she's just an absolute sweetheart. I mean, I, I tell everyone, you know, when you see her at the cons or you're working with her on set, it's no different. She 
she brings that same level of happiness and just just energy to her wherever she goes and she always just puts on such a fun performance and everyone who's around working with her just has a good time uh it, it's you know you can't avoid it. it's very contagious <laughs> I, i've said this before on different like podcasts but like you know i know her like i'm gonna tell you this actually i'm gonna tell you this this is the first time i'm mentioning this um i actually knew about victor crowley before it was even out because i was talking to her um so she told me but i had to keep it a secret right which i did did not tell anybody but she had to tell somebody right she had to say to say to somebody i'm sure you know, other people might have known, but can't to keep it secret, you know, kind of thing. Um, plus, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, w whatever. Anyway, I end up uh, finding out about it and uh, she was so excited. She was on the phone with me. She was like, Jonathan, I'm going to be in the new Hatchet movie. And I'm like, ah, you know, like, that's awesome. I didn't even know they were making one. And it's like, nobody knows. Like, that's why we're keeping this secret. And so I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do, since you're a big Vic Victor Crowley fan and everything. But they had a, um, a screening of Hatchet. Mm -hmm. and it was going to be Hatchet, like the 10th anniversary of Hatchet. And so what they did was they had everybody get there, you know, whatever, sit in the audience. And then uh, either it started playing and then just messed up or they came out and they said, we lost it. I forgot which one it was, but I think it was they came out and they said they lost the movie they can't find it and they don't they, they really don't know what's going on they can't you know whatever uh but we have this other movie you know and so don't 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 get up please don't leave we're gonna show you this other movie and uh they played victor crowley so everybody yep. there had no idea they thought they were going to the 10th anniversary of you know screening of uh of hatchet instead they were going to go see the new the new hatchet the victor crowley and man i wish i were there you know oh, i wish i had signed up for that damn it you know because I, I nobody knew well, i mean i mean i, I didn't hear about it before it happened but I, I heard about that event i was like oh god i would love to have been there uh, I, I think he's gonna pull that stunt again i'm telling you like uh, i mean like, in 10 years or so or whatever not 10 years from now but like maybe four years from now will be the 20th anniversary of hatchet and um who knows it, you know 27 2027 if they'll do one more hatchet movie and then it'll just be because they even make a joke that maybe it comes back every 10 years i mean why not right why not yep. have them come back the 10 years um i have a thing with um i have a thing with uh um with uh adam that i love is that um, I, I was friends with him on Facebook. I think I still am, you know, so please don't delete me, Adam, if you hear this. Um, but I, uh, I'd actually, so Adam had, um, uh, was doing those like, you know, shorts that he does for Halloween. Do you watch those? Oh yeah. His scary sleepovers. No, no, no. He does every year. He does oh, a the, short Halloween. For, the Halloween shorts. So every year for Halloween, he does a Halloween short. And I was a huge fan of the Tiffany problem. Um, actually, if you uh, short film Saturdays in October, we're, we did we already recorded it. We did already did an episode of uh, uh, short film Saturday with uh, talking about Tif the Tiffany problem. So me and my buddy reviewed that. And that's one of my favorite of them. And then 
the um uh it was i think i want to say it was 2009 or 10 maybe 11 i don't know something like that in that area um he hadn't released a short yet you know and it was getting to be close to halloween right so i said hey you know i wrote wrote to adams on adam's page and said are you know on a comment and said are you planning to release another short and he goes oh my god i totally forgot thank you for letting me you know reminding me <laughs> at night or so or whatever like the next day they shot a whole short in one day guess what short that was oh, which one the jack chop short uh it was the best short they've ever done like i don't think i've ever seen another short from them they've done a lot of great ones but like that one was my favorite it's just so silly and so so funny but they did that in one day basically put it in and then put it out basically got it edited put it out and i'm like damn because they're a team of you know people who who can just get shit done you know and yeah. stuff and uh it went on i love that so they went out and made that movie and and that was actually in did you notice that was in victor crowley i thought i had a little nod to it yeah they had a little uh, had a scene where on television uh they're watching uh on the television is watching uh jack chop and I was like, that's cute you yeah. know because, I mean, they own that so they can put that in wherever they want, you know, or whatever. Plus, it looks like a commercial, you know, <laughs> for something. So I love it. Um, have you seen Jack Chop? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I I have to go back and watch him. But I, I used to watch all of his uh, shorts and stuff. Uh, like oh, like I said, I, I'm a big Adam, Adam Green fan and stuff. Like Barry and the Morrows. Uh, I was a big fan of that one. I liked Frozen a, a lot, too. I mean, it's different than, like, you know, uh, you know his normal stuff that uh, he normally does, but I mean it wasn't a bad uh, film though either. I mean, well, it was it was one of those times where there was getting to be movies where like open water and yeah. places where people are stuck in a situation that they it's hard for them to get out of and it's scary and and instead of like because to me it was like open water except instead of being in the middle of like the ocean with like sharks swimming around you you're on a ski lift and you just can't like you're you're stuck there for until somebody lets you out or until you can figure out a way to get down and then it's sort of terrifying idea that like what if we're stuck on this situation that we just can't get out of and we're you know what are we going to do so mm -hmm. I love Frozen. We did that for horror film lovers uh second season, I think. So I think it was the second season opener. So yeah. Cool. It, was, it was fun. So I'm glad we did this one this season, you know, because I absolutely love uh, you know, Victor Crow. I love Adam Green. I think he his humor and his horror work really well together. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other thing I wanted to, uh, there's a movie that he did. I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, there's a movie he wrote and directed that's not out. And I was hoping one day, I don't know if it's just it can't come out, like there's legal issues with it or something. It's called Coffee and Donuts. Have Ooh, you heard of this? I have not. So two friends, Adam and Steve, which I think are Adam Green and some other guy. Named Steve, probably. 
struggle to get their morning radio program off their small town airwaves of Holliston <sighs> and into the big time. Meanwhile, Adam struggles to get over a breakup with a longtime girlfriend and back into the wonderful and horrifying world of dating. And yeah, it stars him and Steve DeWitt. Um, and yeah, it's got his cat uh, that he had for a while, Axel Rose, the cat, you know. Um, now it's uh, Arwen, the dog, who I absolutely love. It said Arwen was in the movie. I, I remember seeing a thing with Arwen's, like, you know, um, cover, like, you know, case, but no Arwen. I never, I didn't see Arwen, the his dog, in the movie. Oh uh, no, uh, she was in there. Uh, uh, that uh, at the uh, signing uh, when uh, that dude stormed off uh, by that big uh, bus, busty girl holding the dog. Oh, so, okay, that was Arwen. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you listen to his podcast? I used to back in, in the day. I haven't listened to it like in, in a while. I feel um, bad because I haven't either. And I don't know if like I used to give to their patron, you know, and I don't anymore because I just can't afford it. I'm just broke. Who can? I mean, everything's gotten so darn expensive lately. Everything's expensive these days. And uh, I mean, I was only giving three bucks a month, but like it's like yeah. three bucks a month and I'm not even really doing anything with it i'm not like because they they give me the option on three bucks a month to actually um help out with it you know and stuff but like it's eh, you know like i don't know i i i just haven't really been paying attention that much with other podcasts and stuff and just doing too many of my own you know it's kind of hard no i hear you I mean, I wish he would go back and start doing uh, uh, scary sleepovers again and stuff. I know he used to actually run crowdfunders uh, for those and, like, you know, where you could come on and be on set and, and work as one of his PAs for, like, the day or something like that. I would definitely, uh, but I definitely wouldn't have uh, considered doing that. Uh, you know, it's funny because people talk about all these crowdfunders. You guys run crowdfunders all the time for, like, Slasher Nurse and everything, and you guys do really well at them so you know congratulations to that and you and dave but uh you know for for crowdfunding if adam green ran if crowdfunder i'd fund you know i i definitely give for that you know um i just i you know i feel like there's so many people who do the crowdfunding all the time that it just starts to kind of get like old hat to me you know like yeah. i'm kind of like yeah i'm over it Especially when, like you know, like when when you see them uh, gain more money, but yet you don't see any improvements in the film whatsoever. So you're kind of like you start shaking your head, like, "All right, well, so what are they spending that money on?" Exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, that's always one of the big em emphasis is, uh, with uh, with uh, Dave and I is like, you know, it's like if we're not if we get better funding, then we need to make a better film, plain and simple. Uh, because you know, otherwise, why were people going to want to give us more money in the future if it's, if they're going to get the exact same product regardless? If you if you give us this amount or we get that amount, like you know, we, we got give you one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Are you going to make a five thousand dollar movie? You know, with it, you know, like yeah. and and you know what? And it may be also some of those filmmakers who end up getting that money aren't really that good at filmmaking, so they might have the more money, but. 
more money doesn't make you a better filmmaker, you know? Like, that's yeah. just the sad thing about it, you know? Like, right? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, and believe me, I, I couldn't agree more. There's a lot of people out there like, man, I know you have, like, the goods and, and the knowledge and to do this. It's just, if you just had that capital or that following uh, to get that kind of, kind of money, it's like, you know, the sky's the limit. But, you know, like you said, there are people who get it and you're like, do you, like, manage your money at all? Or do you just say, hey, I need this. I'm going to give you this amount of money without doing any of your homework on the even ask yourself, do they even need that amount of money? <laughs> oh no, most of the time they don't. Like you think about it, you're like, like one of my friends is like always telling me, man, why are they spending you know fifty to hundred grand or whatever on a movie when they could just make it for five grand? You know, they could make twenty movies for that amount of money. You know, like, and I get that. I just my my personal thing is. If I were to get, like, say I were to get a hundred grand for my next movie, it would be it would be the best possible movie I could make on one hundred grand. Like, I wouldn't cheapen shit out. I would use that money to the full advantage. But unfortunately, I never got that much when I crowdfunded. I would I'd be lucky if I got three thousand. I think that's the most I've ever gotten on stuff. And then that was only enough to make a little short you know promo or something like i can't i can't make a feature on that money because you know it i it would be crap if i did and i'm not i don't i don't like my movies to look like crap you know i want my movies to be better than you know oh exactly i mean you know i mean you're putting your name on it you know you want you want to give re- uh, people a reason to keep on watching you, and you know, and, and if you put out something that's just like, oh, well, that's horrible. Well, I'm gonna make something else here real soon. Yeah, I bet you are. You know, right? You know, like I said, if I put out something that catches their interest, go, oh, well, hey, well, you know, I, let's see what you can do now. <laughs> so they well to go back to Adam Green. He never needed crowdfunding. I don't think. I don't think he ever did a crowdfunder. Um. Uh, not enough for the Hatchet series, but uh, he did for a scary uh, sleepovers. Uh, did uh, like, he? Oh yeah, he did. Uh, because I almost, uh, I, I, I almost uh, did one. I, I almost did, did the be the PA for uh, for for a day and come on the uh, set and everything. Um, you know, just just because like just on the off chance, I I could just you know uh, win him over. But like, you know what? You're you're a fun guy. Like, like you know, I think I'd like to have you in, in one of my other films in the future. You know, you never know. <laughs> You never know. That's uh, you got to put yourself out there, man, and everything, and and let people know. Like, you know, um, I love I, what I loved about this movie too is the fact that they had at the end of it this special thank Joe Netter, and I'm like, where, where's, why did Joe get like now? Now it intrigues me. What, what did he do? To, is he just friends with Adam, or like did he do something to help Victor Crowley out? I mean, I want to know that shit because I'm gonna might. I'm gonna message Joe later and be like, "Hey, I saw that you were the special thanked and and Victor Crowley. What did you do? Like, you know, what what uh, did you help out with the location, or did you, you know, help out get somebody or something? I don't know. You know, like usually you don't unless it's a crowdfunder. You don't special thank random people, you know, or whatever. You special thank people who really actually helped you with the movie. You know. Uh, I mean- 
Trust me, if if he ran a hatchet one, I would be all over that shit. You would, yeah. Oh, I would be so fast. Take my money, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's the funny thing is, like, I guarantee you, because they have what's like known as the Hatchet Army and stuff. They even have like these shirts that say Hatchet Army on it and everything. Freaking Kane Hodder wears it at uh, conventions all the time, and uh, I love it. And um. And I, I love that there are, you know, people who just really love these series enough where I bet if he did do a, a crowdfunder, you know, it would be good, you know? Oh, yeah. I could see him getting 250, 300,000. Uh, uh, 250. I, I say we get millions. That's you my could... thing, you know? Um, remember, remember when, uh, uh, like, Veronica Mars ran a freaking Kickstarter. Oh no, I, I don't remember. Veronica that. Mars ran a kick, Kickstarter for their movie, you know. And so, if you watch that movie, there's all the credits and stuff from Kickstarter. So did Super Troopers. Super Troopers Two is crowdfunded. Super Troopers Two, I did know was uh, crowdfunded, and they actually did really well too. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a which is weird because, you know, the the I'm surprised Fox didn't just give them a okay. Their their movie did really well. Like I don't know why it took crowdfunding, but sometimes people say crowdfunding um, as a way for people to connect with the fans. You know, yep. and give the fans well, an experience. Well, it's more free money uh, too because they're now given the money by the people to make the film that they want them to make instead of getting money through the studios. So all they have to do is give them the um, the rewards. You know exactly. that they you no, know, they don't have to pay them back anything. Um, like, all, that's all, why, all, like Indiegogo uh, tells you, you're not allowed to say investors not supposed to say investors because they're not investors if they're investors you'd be actually giving the money back yep in some type of way of some type of a compensation agreement and stuff but anyone who even does that like i'd say the majority of them unless you get that rare rare time in the rough getting those kind of shares i think is is almost pointless uh uh, just because it's like they're indie films. What kind of money do you think they're going to bring in? Like, you know, I've been a part of 20 of them. I've been, I've been a part of, in my opinion, some really good ones. Some I hope to down, down, down the road might even turn into be a little bit of a cult classic. But even if that happens, you know, I don't see that resonating much uh, money. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so we've got, we've got the, we got Victor Crowley. Which is a uh, uh, an hour and twenty two minute, by the way, movie. Like, yeah, one of the important ones in the bunch. Yeah, and it's quick. Like it, things happen really quickly, and considering that most of the movie takes place on a on a, a plane that's been you know sort of um, you know demolished or whatever because it crashed, you know, a crashed plane. It. It it goes by like that, and it's mainly because of the lightning fast dialogue between all the characters, you know, kind of yelling at each other, bickering or whatever. You know, uh, I love that uh, uh, Andrew is told like by Felissa, his agent, that he's going to be making a million dollars. 
I talked them up to a million. I knew I knew that was sketchy. I was like, no, she did not. You know. Yeah. She didn't she didn't she didn't talk them into that shit. She's you know, but he buys it because he thinks he's gonna be rich off this thing and it's the dumbest mistake he made. He sh- sh- you know what? Movie would have been over well, no. I mean movie could have still gone on without him if he had just said no. You know, but I mean everybody would have died pretty much, I think, or so. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't I don't see anyone surviving. The only fact that he even had any inkling of what they were dealing with uh was their only bit of a survival at that point. And of course, uh Dave Sheridan saving the day. <laughs> well, who's your favorite uh character? Honestly, it would be down to either Perry Shin's character, uh because you know, you just couldn't help but feel bad for the guy. Um I did love Dave Sheridan's character a lot. I, I thought he was a great character. Uh, really, uh, you know, he was just that kind of guy. Like you know, you, you couldn't be mad at him. Like you know, he was that uh, a pinnacle definition of uh, ignorance is bliss kind of character. Mm. Um, although I did, I, I did love uh, uh, Lori uh, Perez though a lot uh, from Holliston. Uh, I thought she was actually really. Oh, you mean Laura Ortiz? Yeah, Laura Ortiz. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I loved her absolutely. She was my favorite. Like, hey, she's just always adorable. Like, I loved her on Holliston. Uh, absolutely. She's just so funny. And, like, her characters are always sort of stupid. You know, a little stupid. Like, um, you know, just her. that's how she plays. And she did a great job in this where Dave shared a ducks her and she goes, I have a dick. And was and like, really he was, yeah, yeah, he's like, ugh. I- <laughs> like nope, not interested anymore. So then later she says, you know, if you find my friend, I'll marry you. And he goes, um, I'll hold you, you know, something like I'll hold you to that. And uh, uh, I I don't care if you even ha- even if you have a dick. And every nobody had heard her say that before. So everybody <laughs> turned and looked. And she's like, no, that I I I don't have a dick. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. She was great. She she was the best part of the movie, I think. Uh, my personal opinion. Now I oh, love Felissa, but Felissa, I feel like, got kind of shafted where she was like asleep. A lot of the the stuff, you know. I wish she had been awake and arguing and and stuff with everybody. I think that would have been great. But they had her like go night night, you know, with uh, some of the drugs and shit. So, oh, yeah. You know. The time she did have, she was funny and and uh, and stuff. I, I I really enjoy her. She she did a really good job of playing that shysty, uh, you know, kind of uh, agent. And, and she's like, oh, I, I told you, you had this, but the fact that we're even getting paid, for, I'm 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 taking the gig. Period. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so I mean, I thought she was great in that all, all, all together. Uh, to be honest, uh, uh, you know, she just. Uh, and, and her death, her death was I was absolutely awful. That was the best death. I'm not gonna lie. Like some of the ones where the eyes are popping out, cool. But man, he like literally, like she said, what what did the Sabrina chick say? She said uh, he had a um, literally something something with her. So to to give people an example of what happened, if you don't know, if you've never seen it, but even if you do know, oh well. Uh, Victor Crowley takes her arm that's holding her um, uh, cell phone and shoves it up her butt 
and through her basically through her whole body and it comes out of her mouth and uh and they they want to talk on that phone because it's the only phone that's working <laughs> and Sabrina's just like that's so gross like that literally went through her body like you know that's yeah, just fine. you know don't touch that but you know hey you know why if, if it means get a hold of, of help and get out there to get me out of this I'll deal <laughs> it's funny did you also catch the sleepaway camp reference with the with the dicks and stuff like things like that like you know her not having a dick and whatnot and having a dick like i thought oh man because i thought first thing i thought was sleepaway camp <laughs> and i don't know if that was like i don't think that was planned because i don't i don't unless adam already had you know um uh felissa rose like on board to begin with like was already writing it with her in mind you know, I, I think that was just anyway, just a joke, but it was so funny because now you're having the chick who, you know, and now there's a phone going through her body, you know, all this other stuff. Like, it's just funny to me. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was definitely a great kill. It was definitely one of the best ones in the bunch. Um, um, and I definitely liked um, how that, like, you know, uh, a lot of people didn't catch it, or some of them uh, did, but uh, Victor Crowley even had the same nod ending as uh, Cheaper's Creepers 3, where it kind of circles back to uh, the main girl uh, sitting and watching. Oh, it was also Chucky did that with... Yeah, uh, that too. Yeah, Chucky did that with the, the Christina Elise or so, I think, or mm -hmm. maybe it was an ad, uh, Alex Vincent too, like where they're just like sitting around, they see the news and they're like, you know, I'm going to go murder this, you know? And I was sort of sad about that though. Like, because like Mary Beth lived, right. She survived, you know, why didn't they bring her back? I don't know. Well, and that was the one uh, loophole I was always wondering about too, was, you know, why didn't she come forward? But uh funny thing is, uh, the, the the whole book that uh, Perry Shin's character writes, uh, uh, I Survivor, mm. is an legitimate book that you can uh, grab and read and stuff. What? And, it's a legit. They made a book called I Survivor. Oh yeah, no, I look this up. So is it on Amazon? Uh, it might be on Amazon. Um, I know. I, I, I think we got ours through uh, Ab Green's uh, store. Oh, uh, the uh, Ari Scope uh, Productions. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, we definitely got we got a copy of the book. Uh, we even got Perry Shin to uh, uh, sign and even personalize it with "Stay Out of the Swamp." Which is oh like, that says by Andrew Young. <laughs> that is awesome. So yes, people, for eleven ninety nine paperback, you can buy "I Survivor." <laughs> it's oh Lord, I mean. It definitely helps fill in some of the blanks in that six-year uh, marker uh, from Part Three in Victor Quality. Uh, uh, you know, he does talk about about the girl. He goes, you know, because apparently uh, she would never come out, like you know, to his uh, defense on it. He was saying, "He's like, I don't blame you, but there are times I really wish you would have, you know, to, to clear my innocence and stuff." But I also understand why you know you didn't you uh, you didn't want to and stuff. Uh, I just wish you would have, kind of thing.
Yeah. So everybody, oh my God, everybody is saying great things. Now, I don't know. Sometimes you can't buy that, you know, maybe a lot of it's fake, you know, but uh, like a lot of people are saying that it's a really fun read, you know, because about like, you know, fake, fake biography. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I mean, it really is a fun one. Like I said, like it just it, it helps out fill in the blanks, like for, especially for all those who are really big Hatchet fans and were like, you know, and wanted to get some more information. Well, what was going on between like uh, Part Three and uh, Victor Qualley? That book uh, really does fill in a lot of the gaps on that one, and it, it, it it's fun. Like you know, it's what you would expect something to be written by Adam Green or something. Yeah, he uh, so. That's uh, usually called um, transmedia. So what what a lot of people do with with franchises, you know, these days is they'll do this thing called transmedia where they take uh, stuff from the movie, right, or whatever. So the Hatchet series, right, and then they'll have like a book or a, but it's not an adaptation of hatchet or something because that's that's multimedia you know transmedia is taking it and make expanding upon the universe right and so that's what they're doing right there if they create that book you can go buy the book of the thing i see that there's hatchet comics that have other stories Oh, each yeah. movie has like or each book each comic each If they made a Hatchet series, television series, that series would be different. You know, um, multimedia is like when Harry Potter makes the Harry Potter video game that's just like the Harry Potter book, just like the Barry Potter movie. They're all the same, right? They're just the same story, just told through, you know, different medias. This is the different media done, you know, and I love transmedia. Uh, Marvel does it all the time with different stuff, shorts, um, uh, films. Uh, a TV series, whatever, and they're just continuing storylines because you want to know what's going on with these characters after they're gone, you know, right? And it's a very smart ta uh, thing. Oh, yeah, DC's big on that one, too. Uh, they always uh, make comic books to uh, follow along a lot of their successful uh, video game franchises. Like, they did one for the Arkham series. They did one for the Injustice series. Uh, find Justice series, it's actually one of my favorite comic book reads of all time. Uh, great stories, great twists on all the characters. Uh, yep. But their, their universe and Marvel's universe is way different because they have, well, the multiverse and they have all these different things period all these different um storylines and like nothing's really like uh nothing's really sacred like iron man can die but then he'll come back in another comic that'll just be about a completely different thing and it's almost like as if his death didn't matter superman died and he's they're still making superman comics You know, right? Like he, he, there was the death of Superman. I don't know if you ever read that, but Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, I used to love that book. Um, the books, because there were like different books, um, that 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 had the death of Superman, and you know, and then when Superman was sort of reborn, you know, there were like there's like a crypto boy or something, and then there was like some cyborg Superman. Also, there's crazy shit going on, but Victor Crowley is sort of like that in a way where. Um, except it's more cohesive because they actually do fall along with the timeline of everything that's going on, you know?
which I think is pretty cool. I'd love for them to expand more of the stuff that happens before the Joel David Moore, like before the original Hatchet. You know, like they did in the beginning of this movie, but like more stuff too, because you know he's killed so many people. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, because I mean, like you know, he's he's been hunting those swamps for like decades. I mean, so you know, there's a lot of actual uh, old backstories you could do, like a lot of period pieces too. Like, you know, you could even hit ones like back in, like you know, like I actually have Victor Crawley go back to the '80s even, and you could that make would be it work. fun, wouldn't it? I, I I would watch that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, '80s '80s uh, hatchet story. Adam, we're we're giving you ideas, man. Come on. Um, I, you know, I, I say this, but like, I know how hard it is to like raise money for a movie and, you know, you can be like, oh man, Hatchet is a big cult series. It should be able to get investors. No, that's not necessarily the case. Just because a movie is successful doesn't mean people are interested in and paying money to make it, you know, and everything. And Adam Green, as much as he's been he's probably you know well off himself you know money wise but like this he doesn't have enough to just like make all these things himself you know he doesn't own his own studio or anything like that you know Mm -hmm. so he can't just make whatever he wants which i think people think uh you know filmmakers can just do that you know (laughs) Well, I know he's got a really good uh, producer, and funny enough, uh, you see, you see her a lot in Holliston. Uh, Sarah, the one, uh, the one who plays the waitress. Is she Sarah Albert? Is that her name? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say Sarah Albert. Um, yeah. yeah, she's she's a waitress. Yeah, she's one of Adam Green's uh, producers. She was in the first Hatchet, at least. Um, I think that's her name, Sarah Albert. Make sure, yeah. So she's the producer of Hatchet. Uh, she's in so in the first Hatchet, she was the girl in when they were walking around uh Mardi Gras and you see some chick like puking, you know, <laughs> in uh, the background. That was her, uh, which is really neat that she'll do like little cameos, but she was the one who really helped Adam Green get, you know. Oh, yeah. She she like you know fought for him to do everything and and that's what you need these days you know as a director and writer and and when you need a producer who takes charge and gets it done you know you say what I need done and then the producer tells other people I need this done and they get it done you know what I mean like mm-hmm. but they have to know what the freak they're doing you know um whoa. I did not realize she worked on Charlotte's Web stuff. She was the writer of uh, Charlotte's Web. How do they do that? Charlotte's Web's Flacca's Pigtails. What are these? Like video games? It says video, but I don't think it's a video game. It's like a behind the scenes, I guess. So how do you write it behind the scenes? Do you just write the questions? I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, she did a bunch of the, uh, she was the director of a bunch of the, uh, um, making of hatchet stuff too. So I think that's pretty cool that she didn't just produce the stuff. She also produced content for the behind the scenes. Right. That's pretty cool. 
You know what she was doing? Yeah, she was working. She was working, doing, working her producer magic, but also doing serious, serious stuff. So, um, do they have anything? Are they doing anything new? Uh, funny enough, I've uh, talked to a bunch of Hatchet alumni over the last two years, and um, all of them have pretty much have done the same thing. Like, you know, I, I, I would usually, at some point, uh, uh, meeting them and talking to them, I always would mention something like, man, I just hope Victor Crawley's not his last film. Like, you know, I felt like he just started like, a whole new uh, set and series, of, of, you know, to um, make more films and have him sent around a new character if he really wanted to with um, Perry Shin's new character, which I think is a great character uh, to follow. Um, and, uh, Almost all of them said the exact same thing. Oh, you don't have to worry about that one. Uh, you know, we can't say anything, but uh, you don't have to worry about that one at all. Uh, so you'll uh, Victor Crowley won't be his last. I no, know he I think has he's got movie. what I think he's got two more films, uh, for, for the series, and he's probably doing other stuff too. You know, I know he, uh, I've seen this for a while, so maybe it's not still happening, but. He had a, a series that he was doing called Killer Pizza. So oh, yeah. I'm not sure what that's about, you know, or anything, but sounds like it might be fun for him. Yeah. No, I, I definitely heard about that one. I have no idea what it's about, but I, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. It'd be cool to see him do more stuff. Oh, I, I, like... I, I... What? Oh, I, I, I was just, I was just actually just agreeing with you. Um, I know COVID uh, really messed him up a lot. He's definitely someone who uh, is very strict and stern on that one, and, and definitely had a very, uh, a, a very giant uh, fear of it, and, did, and definitely did not want to uh, work or be around a lot of people for a while. <laughs> well, be- beautiful things. I think he was making him and Joe Lynch. Uh, who were both the pilots in this movie, by the way? Yeah, you know, which I thought was pretty neat. Um, those guys have their uh, uh, have their podcast together, and that generates a good amount of money, I think, for them. So they get that money through that, and then uh, hopefully they'll just continue to make, you know, content eventually. I know Joe Lynch. Uh, has been doing a lot of stuff like constantly and everything. And, oh yeah, and he's so nice. Both those guys, just so nice people. And um, I I love it when filmmakers become friends and they put themselves in each other's movies. And and as you said, like you see a lot of the same people. I was kind of thinking he's like the low budget horror version of Adam Sandler. You know, you see Adam Sandler put all his friends in all his movies and stuff, and people get mad about that, but I'm like, why? Like, he's earned, you know, he's earned it, and he's very loyal to his friends. Like, why Why are you going to be mad if he puts his friends in his, his friends can act, you know? Not putting bad actors into his movies, you know? I mean, like, there's absolutely nothing, nothing wrong with that, and, you know, it works for a lot of levels. One, they already have chemistry and history together, so generally they already know what is expected out of them, and that goes for both sides of the party, both you know the writer and the director, but also the talent as well. It's like 
you know, they have all those levels of understandings uh, with, with, with each other, which also makes it easier to, uh, you know, work with and also have fun with at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, I totally get that. I'm all for that. I mean, you know, heck, I mean, Slasher 15, you know, most of our films, you see a lot of recurring faces that have been in other of our films, you know. Part of it is, you know, they did a great audition, but another part of it is, is like we've worked with you, we like you a lot, and you know, we definitely enjoy having you around. So it's a, a lot of times you write and thinking of people in mind anyway, you know. Exactly. Like, you're like a lot of writers, especially me. I'll I'll write thinking, oh man, it would be great if this person was cast in in the film or something. Sometimes you get them, and sometimes you don't, and sometimes you get somebody better, and sometimes maybe not as as great but you know still you know good you know what i mean like you just never know all right well i think that's that's gonna be about wrapping it up uh is there anything else we didn't hit on was there anything else you want to bring up oh no actually um the series and victor crawley definitely one of the best series is out there (laughs) yeah i agree and uh I know we didn't do it like we were going to do it. We were going to talk about the whole movie like throughout the thing, but I don't think we needed to, you know, um, we kind of did in a roundabout way, but I mean, uh, last thing I'll, I guess I'll share is I, uh, one of my, one of my favorite scenes, the hotel scene, you know, where the, all three of them talking, you, you see Laura's butt, but I want to know if that was a butt double because you know, does Laura really, because you never see her face or you never see like, you know, you just see the butt. So I'm wondering if that was a butt double. I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe, maybe it's in the commentary or something, you know, like, oh, that's not really Laura's butt. You know, those are always fun. Which, by the way, if you buy the Blu-ray or DVD, I think probably, of Victor Crowley, you'll get a commentary. Uh, they have a casting crew or the a cast commentary and a technical commentary which i'm guessing the technical commentary is just a little bit more of the crew people talking about the making of it one on the cast commentary is probably a little bit more lighthearted and fun and they've got like featurettes of the making of it and stuff like that so um i wish they got a i don't know if they did a video of the uh of their premiere you know where they psyched everybody out, you know what I mean? Like I think that that would be great to get that as a as a feature. It's just like showing what happened, how they released it, you know. I actually kind of well like the idea of like having a cast and, and like then also a crew on commentary because you know the the views just gotta be so different. It's like the cast once all like. Oh yeah, I remember that scene. That was such a great scene. Like, oh my god, I had so much fun in that scene. There were so many great fun times in that scene. And they go to the crew side, like, oh yeah, I remember that scene. That or, scene that took five hours to light. Yeah. And, or, you know, <laughs> right? You know, because like, yeah, you're right. Cast people like the cast. They come. They they talk about the stuff they remember, and the crew talk about the stuff they remember, and the cast are gonna have a different response so like the cast are going to talk about being in the makeup trailer or you know or being in that specific scene with that specific person and the crew is going to be talking about lighting the stuff and getting it all set up and 
you know, what a bitch it was. Like somebody might have tripped over one of their wires or, you know what I mean? Like things like that, which I think is fun, you know? Um, I love having different multiple commentary tracks. Um, so yeah, um, you should you guys should do that for slasher nerds. Have different commentary tracks, one cast, one crew. Tell Dale, tell Dave that. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, Dave, Dave, like yeah, five hours there. Yeah, that one over there, that was also five hours. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, what that Dave would be like. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, you you all those uh, see all those places I had common to what every one of them I wanted to strangle you, Mike. <laughs> you go. That's uh, uh, that that's your answer, huh? But he's consistent. <laughs> at least he, uh, you know, at least he hasn't probably strangled you yet. Uh now as he uh, always always says, um, you know, he's like. I kill you, I fire you, but you just find your way back somehow. <laughs> yeah. You're like you're like a, a, a dog that they try to kick out and he just like goes, Hey, I gotta go back home. You <laughs> know? <laughs> like I only know this home. <laughs> oh Lord. I love you, Michael. I love having you on the show. Um and I'm glad you picked Victor Crowley because once again I'm a huge Adam Green fan, so I will always be happy to to talk hatchet and talk uh one of these days we gotta do spiral man oh maybe next season i definitely be down for, down for, down for spiral yeah I actually, that one uh recently with the wife too did you yeah actually i, you, I did uh, you never saw it before oh uh, no it was one of those ones where like it was it was on my uh uh mean uh, to-do list and it just kind of got on the back burner and then I was flipping around uh, like on my streaming sites, and it popped up like, "Oh God, yeah, that's right. Uh, I haven't watched this one yet, have I?" So I sat down and watched it. Uh, I, I gotta be honest. Um, it, I mean, it wasn't bad at all. I, I really didn't mind it. I felt some parts were a little predictable, right? Uh, but you know, when you've been running a, a series that long, even like you know when you're refreshing it or revamping it or whatnot. You know, your the overall like you know uh, layout still going to be there for you, and you know the uh, and as much as I love uh, the Saw series, uh, it was started off with good gore, gore, gore good uh, gruesome kills uh, in gore, uh, with a good little fun twist like oh oh okay, mm -hmm. kind of uh, in the over time like that latter part just kind of went away and it was just all about the over the top kills which you know were were a great eye candy but you know it was just missing that uh element that the first few uh had uh that the rest of the series just started to lack in a lot and i guess like spiral was a little bit in that same uh way it had great kills and everything uh like you know the you know the the, the story was a solid story. Oh no 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 no! I'm talking about Spiral. There's a Adam Green did a movie called Spiral. Oh oh okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I I think about the Spiral from the Saw series. No, which is funny because Adam Green writes these movies and then other people steal the title. Um, Spiral and Frozen. 
later Disney stole stole Frozen, and so now you have to say Adam Green's Frozen. You know, you, you can't because you know you have to separate from Disney's Frozen. Uh, Spiral. Um, the only thing is they stole Hatchet in a way because uh, I used to read a book called Hatchet. You know, by uh, Gary Polson, that later did not become a, that became a movie series that wasn't called Hatchet. You know, the series was called uh, uh, White Wolves. You know, the original one was called The Cry in the Wild. You know, I don't know if you ever read those as a kid or, or whatnot, but or whatever. You can watch those. Um, so Hatchet was this story about this guy kid who. Planes crash, plane, you know, kind of similar. Plane, plane crashes. He's out in the wilderness all by himself, and all he has is a hatchet, you know. And uh, bear, a bear comes, and a wolf helps him get, you know, back to safety. So they do the movie Cry in the Wild, which was that, and uh, it starred Jared Rushton, who was in, uh, uh, played the little redhead kid in um, Big. You ever seen that movie Big? Oh Tom yeah, Tom Hanks. So he was Tom Hanks' little friend, you know. Okay. And then, so that was that kid. Then, in the uh, sequel, Cry in the Wild Two, starred David Moscow, who was a little Tom Hanks. Yeah. You know, a little version of Tom Hanks. So both of them worked together, and uh, it was so neat. It was neat. And then, um, uh, so yeah, so it was sort of. I don't know. It, it was kind of cool. And it was produced by uh, uh, Julie Corman, who was um, uh, Roger Corman's wife. So, you know, so awesome, right? You know, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm a big, big fan of Roger Corman. So, I mean, you know. It's, it's more like, I don't know if you like it now because you didn't grow up with it, you know? And it's a kid, kid story, you know? It's like, you know, teens or kids or whatever but i think you know you might you know cry in the wild is fun it takes place basically in one remote location of like this area that this kid's in you know and stuff and he has to figure out how to survive before somebody finally will come and save him you know or whatever you know okay so, yeah it's a good uh, cry in the wild is great and cry in the wild too is my favorite <laughs> Just because it has it has that guy and his has like Zach from Save by the Bell in it. Uh, <laughs> it's got <Mark> Foster. <laughs> yeah, Mark Paul Gosser. It's got Amy DeLins and uh Matt Matt McCoy. It's just such a weird like group of people in one movie, you know. We did it for uh Indie Film Cafe in season three. It was fantastic, just one of my favorite like things. Um Anyway, it's on YouTube, I think, if you want to ever watch it, you know. So. Uh, I know. <laughs> like, definitely, no, no, I'll definitely have to check, check that one out, actually. I mean, so I'm always interested in watching some new new, new, new things. I know. Um, that's the that's the be beautiful thing about these uh, shows is sometimes you, somebody will pick something I never even heard of, and I'll be like, hmm, that that sounds fun or maybe it doesn't, but I'll still watch it. You know, <laughs> like, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll like it. You know, you never know. Oh, exactly. I mean, until you sit down and try and give, give a whirl, I mean, you're not going to know for sure. I mean, yeah, maybe your expectations were right to say, yeah, no, uh, not my thing, but 
you know, and then and then there are times that there are uh, there are things you watch where like you're like, oh, this is gonna be a shoe, I'm gonna love it, and you're like, wow, this uh, this, this is not, not what I was expecting. Yeah, no, like I had one uh, recently. Like I'm really into like mafia movies and organized crime uh, TV shows and stuff like that. Um, I was late on the uh, bandwagon on getting on the uh, Peaky Blinders, and uh, apparently I'm in the minority on this one. I just finished up season two, and uh, so far. I'm not really drawn into it. I mean, I like the the Sopranos. I liked uh, Boardwalk Empire a lot. Uh, you know, Goodfellas, Casinos, The Godfathers. I even have a little love for Godfather Three. You know, to show you that I I have you know a very easy to appease kind of broad stroke. I just thought Peaky Blinders, man, it, it's like it has some good story arcs in there. The problem though is it just takes freaking forever to get to them. Like it just feels like it takes like something that you would have felt like you would have gone to the point of within like an episode or two takes almost two seasons for them to get to. Nice. And I'm just yeah, I'm just like, yeah, uh they're just way- stretching it as far as they can, right? Exactly. And like uh, Which talk- I mean, I people in indie film do this all the time too, because uh, you know, a lot of times they have to get to like the eighty minute mark. But they don't have enough story for it, so they just slow everything down and everything. And what should take them, you know, whatever to get to takes longer because they need to get it to eighty minutes, you know, or whatever. And it's bullshit. Yeah. And the worst part too, like you know, uh, the organized crime mafia movies are probably the ones I had the most understanding for because I'm like, all right, you know, you got to play out these stories more because you know, there's usually some even another like uh, underlining uh, thing that you miss uh, that's on the underlying thing that you just caught or something like that. Um, but this one just it it is set up, but it didn't deliver. Right. I guess is the best way to, to put the series so far. I mean, I would go back and finish it up, but like I was like, I, I need something of substance. So I actually uh, stopped it. I'm, uh, I've been going back and watching the Hannibal uh, TV series again. Oh, nice. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a good one. I'm going to go, I think tonight or tomorrow, I'm going to start Ahsoka, which I've been hearing mixed things. I've been hearing some people like the new Ahsoka show that's on Disney Plus with Ahsoka Tano show. Um, so we'll see. I haven't. I don't know if you saw it yet or not. That just uh, dropped today. I know. I don't keep up with much in the way of the uh, anime stuff. Uh, it's, it's not anime. Oh, it's not anime? Okay. It is live action. It's, uh, it's Ahsoka from the Star Wars st- stuff. So it's on Disney Plus and it's it's Star Wars and it's uh uh Rosario Dawson's character that she was in in the uh, the God uh, I can't even say the word right now um Mandalorian stuff uh, I don't know if you've been watching those but those are fantastic I I tried getting into the new Star Wars is uh um. Force Awaken uh, and uh, Rogue One uh, were like the only two I could really, uh, really get like you know any kind of like the yeah. TV shows I think are hit or miss, but um, some are if they're a hit, they're a hit. You know, in my opinion, um, I have not watched all of Andor uh, mainly because I feel like they put a lot of political shit in the real world into that, 
you know, and try to cover it up with, with, with Star Wars. And I was just like, eh, wasn't that into it. But anyway, anyway, that has nothing to do with Victor Crowley. So we probably should wrap this up. <laughs> um, so thank you so much, Michael. Um, next week we have, I think, or next, not next week, next month, we'll have my episode. I'll, I'll have something that I'll, I'll do. And then it'll be your episode. And then, and that'll be October, uh, wait, no, November. And I think we're gonna we're gonna stop the season on your ep- on your last episode. Then we'll come back in March for a brand new season. But uh, I think I just want eight for this season because you know, <laughs> like just get the season done. It, it doesn't need to have ten necessarily. But I think the next season I'll try. We'll try to get ten. You know, so oh, um, you know me, man. I'm always game. <laughs> I know. I think the next season's the fifth season too. You know, that's usually a big season for you know, moving rush, moving right <laughs> along. So that'd be great. I'm I'm really excited and can't. Uh, yeah, it's, exactly. So it's season four right now. So next season will be season five, and so maybe we'll do uh maybe we'll do twelve next season so we can make up for eight. You know, this season. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I can't predict, but I can tell you that we will be back next month. And I don't even know yet what I want to do. Um, uh, it could be anything. So um, I have ideas, but we'll see. You know. Um, but I want to thank you, Michael, because Victor Crowley is a great one, and uh, I can't wait for the next one you pick too. You're you 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 seem to have like so many different ideas like we did was it uh uh the um Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein you know and that then we do <laughs> what that was a real fun one <laughs> I know and you like the older ones you like doing older ones you're kind of like my my version yeah you know, another version of uh Paul Paul likes to do a lot of the older movies you know for indie film cafe I tend to stick to things in the uh the realm of like 90s to up you know sometimes 80s but mainly 90s up you know because those are the movies i watched you know and stuff the indie films i watched and uh you yeah you tend to do all over you know so that's awesome genres (laughs) but i got love for all the all all those genres in the horror i mean there's a, the, every every one of them have, they have some films that were made that have a warm spot in my heart. Well, I just want to let everybody know I'm also doing uh, a new show in October that I'm releasing. Uh, I haven't mentioned this to many people yet. It's going to be called Classic Horror Films, and it'll be for um, horror film lovers uh, TV, the YouTube channel. So check that out. But it'll be a video show where me and somebody else will review the actual like classic horror films like you know um not not classic like 50s or we might have some of those but like you know the ones people know friday 13th elm street you know the bigger titles that might not really get this you know we don't really try to just have you know the bigger titles in this one you know Necessarily, yeah. You know, oh, no, so. and I was a, it allows people to find some of those hidden uh, Easter eggs that 
you know, we were all fortunate enough to find throughout our lives and stuff. We're like, oh, what's this one day? And then you realize, oh, my God, this is great. Why have I not found out about this until now? <laughs> right. And the younger generation are finding out about these movies. and Fantastic. Exactly. That's a lot exactly. of streaming companies. That's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of streaming companies have these films, like Max and stuff. So. All right, well, go watch the movie on Tubi, uh, Victor Crowley, if you haven't already, and uh, and watch and and listen. And thank you for listening to our podcast. So, thank you, everybody, and thank you, Michael. Um, oh, thank you, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.